0: Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ. Call Cheryl now with your questions about gardening or landscaping at 512 836 0590, pound 590 on your wireless or toll free 1 877 590 KLBJ. Hello,
1: hello, good morning. Another miserable week in Austin, Texas. Sounds like the whole world. I mean, truly, this is just absolutely crazy. Um, But you know what? Here we are. So we just have to deal with it. Um, I'm Cheryl McLaughlin. This is the Austin Gardner. As you heard, if you would like to call or text, the number is 512-836-0590. We also have a toll-free long-distance line. If you all need that, it's 877-590-5590. 25. So again, 512-836-0590. Call or text. So um, definitely the main thing that we're trying to do right now, of course, is just maintain. I was listening to um, Jeff's show and talking about watering and, and everything from containers to, you know, the Lantana question came up. And I had a couple of thoughts on that. Um, This gentleman was saying that his lantana was, you know, nice and big and green and blooming, or maybe it was the lady blooming when they bought it, and then it quit blooming. Um, And a couple of things, and they had fertilized with a 533, I think it was, which is high on nitrogen. And the, the, the only problem with that is that when you give a plant, a blooming plant, um a high nitrogen fertilizer or high er it's mainly just gonna you know benefit the foliage it's not really gonna stimulate blooms um and Jeff rightly told him that if he trimmed it it would be um helpful might stimulate more blooming that was also true um they said that the uh, that the pots were uh not hot on a uh, back porch, and I wondered then, are they getting sun? And the other thing is, when you buy a plant, of course it's blooming because they are f- just feeding it nonstop in the nurseries, you know? Nobody's real interested in a blooming plant that's not blooming, so it's like baby to death. And then you bring it home, and you, you put it in a container or whatever you do with it and add different soil and what have you. Uh, She'd had these for two months. Well, they got to work on their root system, and they got to get into real life uh, out of the container scenario that they were in. So, yeah, two months. I'd say they're working on their roots, and I wouldn't give them any more nitrogen type fertilizer. If I was going to give them anything, it would the middle number would be higher uh, in order to stimulate a little bit more blooming, Um, but. You know, that was sort of the thought I had. The other thought that I had when listening to uh, people talking about their trees turning brown overnight, um, intermittent watering. Jeff said that's probably enough if you're watering about once a week. The problem is you have got to make sure if you're just watering a container plant or even a tree that hadn't been in the ground for a few years, you better make sure. That, that is going very deep into the soil that it's deeply soaked and if you do that you give it a good deep soaking which we always recommend over frequent light watering then you're probably okay my personal experience with containers they in the this kind of heat they pretty much need to be watered every single day um, so I would not think that the the pots were soupy I would think that they were probably drier at the bottom than this person thought. So, anyway, that's just some thoughts I had while listening to the uh, show before. Anyway, what do you guys want to talk about today besides watering? <laughs> Which we can hardly do, man. I mean, it's just, and even when you do, uh, you know, typically things will perk up after you run the this irrigation. I got a lot of stuff that's not perking up even after uh, the running the irrigation system. I think it's just uh, not, again, not probably getting real deep. Um, so, I may have to adjust that. Okay, 512-836-0590. Call or text that number. Let's just see what else we got on here to talk about. Um, let's see. This is about cucumbers. I need to look that up here before I answer it. Uh, make sure I don't give you some bad information, but, uh, okay. So, cucumbers, let's see. Um, optimum temperature range, 65 to 95 Um, let's see. They need healthy soil, best to grow in cages or trellises, blah, blah, blah. These vines should be fertilized. Um, poor flavor is caused by too much soil moisture and or not available trace minerals in the soil. Um, sometimes they get powdery mildew, um... But let's see, the planting dates for fall, if you're planting seed um, for spring, all after all frost danger, and for fall, plant seed 12 to 14 weeks. So in general, April 1st through the 30th, and May 31st through August 15th. Uh, if they have not put on blooms, I mean, uh, fruit, let's see here. It doesn't really say anything about... I'm, I'm referring here to this Texas Organic Vegetable Gardening Guide. Um, but I, I'm not seeing anything about if it doesn't protect... I don't know why I wouldn't try to carry them through the fall, though, just as just a gut feeling. I think it may be that it is just related to the heat. If the plants are healthy and they're not dying... My question would be, um, yeah, how come? I guess because you got a late start, that might be the reason why they didn't produce. Uh, Okay, here's another text. Cheryl, this is Dana who had the Lantana topic with Jeff. Thank you so much for weighing in. I do put them out in the sun when it's not the heat of the day, and I will trim them and look for a fertilizer with a higher middle number. Thanks so much for your follow-up. You're welcome. And these photos that you sent in, you've got the uh, yellow, the arc. It's technically an arcing one. The, what Jeff was talking about, the purple and the white lantanas, those are the ones that root at the nodes, um, and they will just keep going. Like if you put them out in the ground, they'll they'll put up um, runners, right? The yellow, what we call the new gold, typically lantana is a, technically an arcing. Lantana, so it comes all out from a central growth point, and then it you know arcs out over the ground. It does not spread by runners; only the purple and the white ones spread by runners. But yours look really good, so I mean you're not doing too much wrong. They're not getting burned up. They may need a little teeny bit more sun, uh, but it's not gonna. Kill them. Besides, I've, I've seen lantanas bloom in less than full sun, so that's not necessarily a problem. And again, because they're containers, they're vulnerable, but it looks to me like you're doing a great job of, of keeping them alive. Uh, the, the fertilizer thing might be, you know, the key here to getting them to bloom again. Because, like I said, when they're growing in a nursery, they are just feeding them constantly. And this is why we also, you know, tell you about deer-resistant plants. When you first get them home from the nursery, and even if they're going to become a good deer-resistant plant, you better give them about three weeks of protection while they get their natural sap up, because they're just full of carbs from all the feeding. So... All right, well time for the first break. Let's get that over with. We'll be back shortly.
0: Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM.
1: Okay, we're back. Um let's see here. I was just looking up some stuff on uh, zucchini cuz we got a texter here that says Uh, We have black eyes, zucchini, okra, and tomatoes. They're green and healthy, but no fruit. The zucchini and tomatoes have blooms, but no fruit. Um, Just keep going into the fall? Yeah, again, I would. They're not, most things at this uh, temperature, especially tomatoes, they're typically, maybe a little cherry tomato might keep going, but typically it's too hot for them to set fruit. That doesn't mean they won't put flowers on. Um, As far as the zucchini goes, if you, if, you, if you planted it at the right time, um, again, somewhere between April 1st and May 15th for uh, the first planting and July 10th through August 15th for the second planting, um, and that's really from seed. Uh, if you did that and you didn't get any uh, fruit but you got flowers, then that may be a lack of pollination. Uh, that that's something that we have to have uh, in order to get fruit so uh, and then a follow-up question would be should we cut the veggies back at any time they're pretty prolific yeah you can cut them back um, I've cut tomatoes back halfway and still got fall fruit actually the deer did it for me one year and I don't get many deer anymore but when I did have them out in the yard one year uh, the deer came along and and chomped them about half i guess i'm lucky they didn't take them all the way down but i just kept taking care of them which is what you need to do just keep taking care of them like you know they were in their normal growing season and then in the fall they came back and put tomatoes on again so that was um that was really uh, enlightening when i saw that so Okay, 512-836-0590. Let's see what else we got here Uh, as far as the text goes. Uh, Hi, Cheryl. always put a tray or dish under my potted plants to catch water, especially in this hot weather. That way the plant can drink when it needs to. This works for me and my plants are happy too. Just wanted to share that. Absolutely. Um, Sometimes the uh soil gets so dry and it'll pull away from the sides of the pot so when you water it doesn't necessarily i mean it'll just run right out i think we've all seen that happen so it is good to put a tray or a a thing underneath them so that they can slowly but surely soak it back up i do that with my airplane plant in fact that poor thing needs help right now i got to go home and soak the heck out of that thing I, it's on my front porch, and I don't really go in and out the front door very often, so I kind of forget it's there, but I have to take a little bit of care of it. It's pretty much my only container plant that I have. But, yeah, that's a good idea uh, to put that um, to put that dish under there when you water. So uh, here's another text. And, by the way, again, the numbers are 512-836-0590 to call or text... Um, And the toll-free line is 877-590-5525. Here's another text. Cheryl, are there any natural weed killers that will kill weeds, including the roots? I've tried many natural weed killers, and within a couple of weeks, the weeds are growing back from the roots. Very frustrating. I understand that many natural weed killers call for multiple applications. I've gone through like five to six rounds of spraying weeds in my yard with naturals, and they keep coming back every time. Um, what do you consider the strongest natural weed killer type or brand names to use? I'm convinced I must stop using products like Roundup, but I need to find a natural that will provide similar results. Are there any? I'm getting desperate. Jeff, your listener in Clearwater, Florida. Um, the the strongest thing would be uh, 20% vinegar, and some people will add um, citrus oil and soap, a little liquid soap to that. But these are not systemic, as you've clearly figured out. All it does is just kill the tops off of them. So the other thing that you can do, I mean, I don't know what kind of weeds you have and why they're such a problem, Weeds can be suppressed a number of different ways, You know, like heavy mulching, uh, healthy lawn, uh, healthy turf will keep weeds down uh, in your flower beds. Again, the best thing you can do is mulch and never let the weeds go to seed. You can try uh, using um, something like corn gluten or pre-emergence to try to keep, if they're setting seed, keep those seeds from germinating. Um, The Roundup, again, we don't spray it on the soil because here in our area, it goes right through uh, into the water, uh, underground water systems, the rivers, everything. It's everywhere. Um, But you can swipe a plant with it. If you just get it, and they make wick applicators, so if you swipe it over the plants without spraying it into the soil that can be very effective. Again, though, you got to be careful because if there's anything good around them that you want to keep, that, you know, that'll kill them too. So, and so will vinegar spray. I mean, those natural weed killers, if you get it on something that you like, it's, and you didn't want to hurt, well, that's a problem. Now, vinegar and these other natural weed killers are best used on annual weeds. They're not going to ever kill perennial weeds. So uh, I don't have enough information to say, uh, you know, a complete answer just because I don't know where these weeds are, what these weeds are, uh, why you're not able to suppress them with other uh, methods like heavy mulching. So you can always write me again and give me more details may help to just like you know when the when it's uh, wet to try to pull them get some help if you need to pull them once and for all that's probably best way to get rid of them or get one of those you know little tools that'll help you dig them up easily um, here's another text I'm writing on behalf of a neighbor who doesn't realize she has a problem she has a pecan tree very nice and large been in the ground at least 16 years recently she hired a landscape company to build a large raised bed around this tree the bed is 18 inches to two feet taller than the flare of the trunk they have now filled the raised bed with soil and mulch the poor tree is strangled i'm hoping you will tell me that a but tree is the exception to the general rule and can survive this abuse. No, no tree can survive that uh, ultimately. I mean, you might get lucky, but let me tell you something, people. If you hire a landscape company and they wanna do this to a tree, build a raised bed and completely cover the feeding zone, the root flare, the bottom of the trunk, two feet deep, they do not know what they are doing. They are not the right people. That cannot, uh, that's not sustainable. That will hurt that tree. And I'm real sorry that they got hooked up with somebody that's that stupid because that is just stupid to, to smother up a tree like that. And I, I don't know, don't get me started on these fly-by-night landscape companies. I think it's just because after all these years of diligent effort to make sustainable, smart landscape designs and installations, uh, everybody with a, a truck and, you know, a business card can get out there and uh, come and do stupid things in your yard. So... I don't know what the defense against this thing is. I think it's it's awareness, self-educating about, uh, you know, these issues. But you cannot build up around a tree like that and expect it to survive. I just don't think it will. I mean, it may take a while to kill it, but I think it eventually will kill it. So have her call me. Okay, let's go to Lampasas. Hey, Evelyn, how you doing? Hi. Uh, I was telling the gentleman... Um, Bermuda grass is encroaching underneath the fence that's between me and my neighbors, and it's coming over into my flower beds. What do I do? Do you have a relationship with a neighbor? Uh, Well, don't see them often, but yes. I would just show them what's happening because um, it's really incumbent upon them to stop that at the fence line. They could put in some edging, put a... Even a mortared stone edging, which, of course, is expensive, so they're probably not going to do that. But even metal edging would help. Uh, In lieu of them doing anything, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to put some kind of edge in it. it. I may have to go down a little bit. Yeah, you're going to have to go down a little bit. This is why. How much? uh, Well, Bermuda, it depends on how deep your soil is. If you have shallow, rocky soil, you just go down as far as you can to get that edging in. Uh, Like the metal edging. Um, If you have deeper soil, Bermuda roots will climb up down under that, you know, in that deep soil and come up under it. And that's when we would have probably gone down about a foot and poured a concrete uh, footing and then put stone on top of that. But yeah. Okay, because it comes every year and I pull it out and every year. Yeah, that's why they need to be it's the same with, you know, stuff like bamboo. Pe- oh, yeah. No, just, thank goodness I don't have it. I would just go and have a little chat with them. Bring yeah, them over. Yeah, I guess I will. If, if nothing else and if it's not going to work, then I'm going to have to do something because I can't be doing it every year. Yeah, yeah. I, okay, I hear you. Okay, great. Ya. Thanks for the help. All right. Well, I hope that helps. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that is just, yeah. I mean, folks, we have to be aware of what we're doing to our neighbors, right? I mean, you, you cannot believe how many landscapes I've dealt with over these last 40 years where people's uh, bamboo and stuff is is just ruining uh, my client's yard. And a lot of times, these people just won't be bothered to do anything about it, which isn't very neighborly, obviously, but it's sometimes you just have to take charge yourself. And if you're talking about Bamboo um, again, depending on how deep the soil is there, it needs to be. You need to go down a couple of feet if it's deep soil. Uh, Otherwise, I mean, we've put all kind of barriers. A good concrete barrier is really kind of the best thing that you can do. But again, it's you know, costs money to do that, and they should be doing it on their side of the fence. So, all right, we're gonna go. out here second for a news break
0: welcome to the austin Gardener with cheryl mclaughlin on news radio klbj 590 am and 99.7 fm okay we are back
1: again you're listening to the austin Gardener. i'm cheryl mclaughlin and by the way i forget to mention if you have any projects you want a landscape renovation a new landscape and, you know, all, any kind of construction in the landscape, irrigation, lighting, please go to KevinWoodLandscapes.com and check out the uh, pretty pictures. Native Texas plants, primarily, and well-adapted non-natives. We will never be planting ligustrums, china berries, you know, things like that, that are just invasive and uh, ruining, I don't know about y'all, but my canyon behind my house now, it's just full of ligustrums and china berries and non-native stuff, and some new, gigantically tall tree covered with yellow flowers. It's across the canyon. I can't get to it to see up close what it is, but it's some kind of non-native tree must have washed down seeds from, or the birds planted it. Uh, But I I watched it come up this year, and I'm like, what in the world is that? It looks like a rainforest-type tree. But it's doing good. Okay, let's get back to the text. And if you want to join in, 512-836-0590. And you can call that number as well, of course, but text that. Uh, Let's see here. Okay, uh, this is from the Natural Weed Killer uh, text that we talked about. Thanks, Cheryl. That was very helpful. My trouble weeds are between brick pavers and stone walkways in my garden. Maybe I need to consider using the wicked application of Roundup. Just am scared of the the cancer implications after decades of my spray use. Yeah, I I hear you. Spraying is different. Um, That's the only reason that I would um, suggest using this product. And Only in a wick or swipe kind of application only on the leaves of the plant that you want to kill I have personally, you know, I had a nursery for many years and uh, One year I for winter I mulched everything with this hay that I, I thought I was doing the smart thing well, it turns out it was full of seeds and It was uh, like Johnson grass kind of stuff and it was growing up in all my my plants right and all the containers so I got uh put gloves on wrapped some uh cloth around the gloves and swiped the johnson grass with uh the roundup on my my glove you know and, and the cloth and just swiped that up while putting you know a piece of cardboard between it and the plant i wanted to keep and it did kill the plant the weed and it did not kill the plant I wanted to keep. So that was a, an enlightening experiment for me. And, of course, I never used hay again to, to uh, mulch. <laughs> you couldn't just buy good old mulch anywhere back then. Uh, let's see. Good morning, Cheryl. We're wanting to do rainwater harvesting and want to do it right. It seems like it's hard to find all-encompassing solutions that include design for both the tank system as well as modifying our existing gutter system on our house to integrate with the storage. Any advice on where to start to get a good system designed and installed? Well, most good landscapers, we've done a bunch of them. Um, We've done some big systems uh, in in the history of our business. Uh, So you could try seeing if we can help at Kevin Wood Landscapes But there are also some rainwater, specific rainwater companies, Um, and I think if you just Google them, you'll find some here in the Austin area, and then, of course, there'll be reviews, or you can call them and ask for references and that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, it's not uh, that hard. It's a lot of work, but it's not that hard, and it's... Really uh, helpful, of course. Like right now, wouldn't you love to have a rainwater-filled, you know, reservoir, right? Uh, Here's a picture. This is a pomegranate between two crepe myrtles. It's never had any fruit. It's about four years old. Had two on the second year, but none since then. Any ideas? It looks like it might be getting shaded out by that bigger crepe myrtle. Um, and the other thing is, again, if you're putting a lot of nitrogen fertilizer on the lawn and it looks like it's kind of in the grass, that could be an issue. Um, also, just putting the grass, keeping the grass away from the root zone of these plants, it would be much better to take that grass away from there. And I can't enlarge this photo, The stupid... Uh, message system won't let me enlarge it so I can't get too close for all I know there's a bed under there but it doesn't look like it um, but at least you know that it did have fruit because there's different kinds of pomegranates. some are only ornamental others do produce the um, the fruit that you want so I'm, I'm thinking it's its Sun and I don't know what you're going to do about that unless you want to dig it up and move it because it's it looks well established, um, but it's it looks like it's not getting enough sun. That's just my initial thoughts. I don't know for sure. Um, okay, here let's see what this next one. Uh, two questions with pig, pictures. Zucchini blooms makes fruit, but the little fruit turns yellow and shrivels. Is there something it needs or just too hot? Should I pull it up? Uh, And the second one is happy asters. Should I cut them back now for spring blooms or leave them bushy? Uh, It's morning sun, afternoon shade, irrigated. You know, those asters can be cut in half right now. And they'll bloom again in the fall. That's a really uh, wonderful plant. Uh, that their asters are fall bloomers. So if these are asters, and again I cannot uh, enlarge this picture, but uh, they will come uh, come blooming for you in the fall. Now, as far as this zucchini question, it blooms, it makes fruits, but the little fruit turns yellow and shrivels up. Let's see if there's a, um, hmm, fruits shrivel or fail to enlarge. Lack of pollination. Um, and this can be because the honeybees aren't active for several reasons. Um, so you, could, you may have to pollinate them yourself with a swab or a small brush. Um, When you get, you know, you get male flowers and then you get female flowers, and you know the difference, I'm sure. Uh, But it's probably uh, due to poor pollination. That would be my best guess. Okay, here's another text. I have some plain cotton seed hulls. I want to incorporate them with my potting mix. What are your recommendations? Enjoy your great program. Um, Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I mean, it's a source of nitrogen. Um, I think you could, you know, maybe do even 50-50 with your potting mix or 30% of it. Uh, I think that would be good. Depends on what you're growing, of course, but I think that would, uh, you can't hurt anything with cottonseed hulls. That's pretty good uh, nitrogen source. Okay, here. I'm in New Braunfels, living in a travel trailer. The squirrels are eating the baby pecans and dropping them on my trailer roof. I'm parked under a huge pecan tree. God, they're just desperate. I think they must be desperate. Um, but yeah, that's a problem. I've I've got a cousin who lives in my grandmother's old house, and she's got like six pecan trees. And there have been years when the squirrels got every green pecan, and he got zero pecans. Uh, so that can be a big problem. I don't know what to tell you as far as um, keeping them off your roof, but that's, you know, that's an issue. Okay, let's get that last break done, and then we'll be back and finish up the show right after this.
0: Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ 590 AM and 99.7 FM.
1: Okay. We are back, and if you want to join the show, again, you can call or text 512-836-0590 or use the toll-free long-distance line, which is 877-590-5525. Hey, I'm not going to be able to do the show next weekend, so uh, it's probably going to be a a recording. So if you have any questions, you better ask me today because... um, I won't be able to do the show next weekend, but uh, I haven't missed one in a long time, but uh, I can't, I hate asking Jeff to do it. He's got so many hours on the radio that it must be exhausting, and uh, Colleen and them are, are also not available, so I think it's just going to be a recorded, but I just wanted to let you know in advance so um, you don't, you know, you're not surprised. Um, here's another text. It says, Help! The leafcutter ants attacked my Althea last night and left it totally naked. I know this will not kill the plant, but it looks awful. Thanks. I really enjoy your program. I always learn so much. Uh, yeah, they are a very tough a little critter, uh, the leafcutter ants are. You know, I, I don't think there's any point in trying to kill them. Uh, I think one year, um, at one of my nursery locations, we got leaf cutter ants and it uh, stripped this one tree three times uh, and it still lived. So they may come back for it if it, you know, when it puts out new leaves. I, it, there's just not a really good uh, deterrent. I mean, some people have put stuff like Tanglefoot on the bottom of the branches with that sticky stuff, which seems cruel. Other people have told me that they use Teflon tape, uh, which is evidently so slick that they can't crawl across it. If anybody's done that, I'd like to hear from them. Um, it may be that there's some you know, preventive spray, like you could maybe spray the ground all around it with... Cedar side or, or citrus oil or something like that, um, the mulch around your tree to dissuade them. Um, but that's about the best I can give you, and I hope that they will not come back. Um, okay, here's another uh, one that cute picture, cute house with roses in front. Those, those uh, it says here, uh, I have these knockout roses in front of my place. When's a good time to thin them out? You have the white knockouts, evidently. I don't see them very often. Okay, so here's the deal about roses. You can do a light pruning of roses uh, mid-August-ish. Um, and by light, I mean just, you know, like they're in full bloom right now if this is pictures taken today, um, so when these blooms uh, are done, you could just take off a little bit of the top. As far as thinning them out, any branches that are crossing that you want to get rid of, you can cut them anytime. time. But typically with our roses, if we have to do a really hard pruning on them, we typically do that around Valentine's Day. Like if you need to take a rose all the way back for some reason or really, really um uh, You know, clean it out good. But crossed branches, dead stuff, you can can take that out any time. As long as you don't want that branch, you know, just cut it off. Okay, what's next here? Uh, Oh, you mentioned bamboo. I am the gal that has been battling it with a neighbor to no avail. I have sunk concrete and put shields, and that seems to help. Now it's going around to another neighbor, which will allow it to get out into the green belt, which would be disastrous. There should be a law against this. I 100% agree. 100% agree. Um, also battled the same neighbor with Bermuda grass that constantly came into my xeriscape yard and gardens. I put up a four-foot-high brick wall Sunk concrete two feet down, it helps. Yep, it does, and that wasn't cheap. Um, I now see that they sell vinegar 70%. Hmm, well, that's news to me, and it says, love you. You are therapeutic. Well, thank you so much. I don't know if I'm that therapeutic, but I have fun doing this. That's for darn sure. Uh, Okay, let's see here. There's a very attractive desert willow in the parking lot at my office. Can those be propagated, and if so, how? All right, two ways to do desert willows. One, the seed is very easy to uh, grow when it puts on seed. Just grab you some of those seed pods, and um, and you can try growing it from seed. The other thing is uh, when you try to, you can try to do it from cuttings, but it has to be in the spring, uh, kind of probably lateish spring. So, cutting wood the best time for that is when the first flush of new growth begins to harden off. So it's not real greeny and soft, but it's um, streaky. You know, it's got like brown streaks in it because it's turning from tenderly to woody. Um, And that right there is the wood you want. And you can, um, you know, take, like if you can get a six inch cutting, cut right below a node Take off all the leaves, but a couple on the very top. Uh, blah blah blah. There's uh, a really good book by Jill Noakes called "How to Grow Native Texas Plants." I think it may be online. You may I don't know. It's like the Bible of propagating native Texas plants. It's awesome. Uh, so you could try looking that up. Typically, I would dunk it in rooting hormone and um, and you know then put it in a flat and do a bunch of cuttings. So that But I think seed might be easier, to be honest with you. Okay. An Esperanza plant that I have, the grasshoppers, ate a bunch of it. Can I use a neem product on that? Eh, that won't really help too much. Um, the best thing you can do is get some of that tool. Uh, very inexpensive. You can go to the craft store or someplace like that and get some tool, You can get green tool, but just, you know, get you some Eclipse or clothespins or something like that. Wrap that plant up, any plant you really want to save, and and create a physical barrier between them and the grasshoppers. You can use that no low bait. um, But typically, by the time you figure out you have an issue there, they're already uh, past the point where that's going to help. But I would, if you have plants that you want, I used to have a client, she had these beautiful container plants on her back porch and the grasshoppers started getting to them. And she's the one that taught me about using the tool. It's been many years ago. And she would just go buy yards of it and uh, wrap it around the plants that she really liked and clip them until the grasshoppers passed through. And same client, I sat there with her and watched rock squirrels attacking and eating grasshoppers like popcorn. Man, I didn't know they would even do that. Okay, let's see here. Um, Got several rows of straight-eight cucumbers. Got a late start. Will they start producing? um, Oh, that one's from earlier here. Making a raised bed five feet by ten feet, adding horse manure, growing green leaves, and some old hay. Um, on the soil. Can I add farm-grade molasses to the mix? Going to be growing broccoli and cauliflower f- for the fall. Yeah. I mean, what that does is just like a uh, drinking a Coke, you know, for the ground. It's, it's a good shot of carbs. It'll help, uh, help, th- help the uh, little microbial critters um, there. That will help. It won't hurt a thing. Uh, let's see. Isn't desert willow pretty much an invader? No, it's the seep willow. The, uh, that one has a lot of different, it's baccarus neglecta. That's the invasive one. Uh, it gets white flowers, and yeah, it was brought in during the Depression. That you don't want. But desert willow is a native Texas plant. It's a beautiful bloomer, not a bit invasive. Okay, guys, well, listen, uh, kevinwoodlandscapes.com. Get started on your project so you can get it installed this fall. The you know, really well thought out design. And I won't see you next weekend, but weekend after that, bye.